Welcome to the open edition of Your Best Bets. We have the 150th open this week to discuss at the famed St. Andrews. I can't think of much uh, better situations for the 150th open this week. Uh, we'll also talk about the Scottish Open. Um, see what you know. Talk about what, what we saw there this week uh, with Xander winning back to back and some other items uh, that are going to go along with this week as well. Joining from the UP in Michigan, Johnny Strouser. Johnny, welcome. Uh, how's it going up there? So far, so good. And I'll tell you how excited I am to to talk about the Open Championship, because this is one of the podcasts I look forward to most is this one right here. But I'm basically a driver in a three-wood uh, from Lake Superior here, so... We're, we're pretty far to the north. This is something, though, that uh, I really didn't want to miss. And I, I'm, I'm very excited about this tournament um, from a fan perspective. And it'll be very interesting to talk about from a betting perspective. Yeah, I, I know uh, you and I love this tournament. We love St. Andrews. Uh, I, I think it's a, it's a yearly tradition on Thursday morning when it's like 4.30 a.m. We're sharing texts about, holy shit, did you see what Spieth just did or... Um, this guy is wearing this. I mean, that's, that's something that I, I think for what, 10 plus years we've been uh, k- getting up. I mean, for probably much longer, but at least since we've been kind of sharing text. but, uh, I, I don't know how many people out there truly get into, to getting up that early, especially on the work morning for, for a lot of people. I look forward to it though. It's, it's kind of just like this bonus golf, it feels like, and there's nothing quite like it when you're kind of groggy eyed and you're seeing, seeing these guys hit stingers off the tee, the balls running out 50 yards. I mean, there's just nothing quite like uh links golf in the open. No, links golf is so much different than what we're used to. You know, we're used to watered fairways, lush, rough, uh, a lot of courses that have trees, and it's, uh, it's, it's hit your tee shot. If you hit a good one, you pick your tee up and, and, and walk away, you know, just take a dead aim like that. But here is completely different. It's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's different because, you know, it's the fun happens after the ball hits the ground and, and you just don't know where it's going to roll. And these bunkers can be treacherous, but it's just, it, it's neat golf to watch because it's different. And, you know, play the United Kingdom, you've got uh, a different type of golf fan. It's a yearly tradition that I enjoy. And, uh, you know, probably doing it for, you know, as long as I, as long as I, and they still keep playing an event. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, and, and, and I kind of want to talk in a little bit after we review the Scottish, what, how the open compares to maybe some of the other majors and, um, and, and so forth. Uh, Scottish open this week at the Renaissance or however the hell they, they pronounce that this week, you know, the, this, this, the Scottish open had an amazing field, 14 of the top 15 players in the world. The only player to not be in the field was Rory. Uh, one of, one of the events that was co-sanctioned by the PG tour and the DP world tour. Uh, it was, it was pretty neat. Uh, it was pretty cool to see the field so mixed up like it was and um, turned out to be a really, uh, you know, challenging event as far as scoring uh, as the week went along. We saw Tringali get out there early, but um, I think we knew that he was going to be coming back to the field. Um, and uh, Xander prevails once again. So it's his second straight win. And, you know, really when you talk about the JP McManus 
earlier this week. Um, obviously, it's a pro-am, but it was a stacked pro-am. Um, he's playing maybe the best golf in the world right at this moment, and uh, it, it's going to be hard for him not to be sort of the popular pick going into the Open. We, we constantly criticize Xander, and uh, you know we always say he can't win these events, and it seems like he always – um, you know, he can get out there and get a lead and he just kind of compiles high finishes and everything. But, uh, you know, he's finally maybe putting something together, I guess. And to, uh, you know, despite the windy conditions and everything um, in Scotland is to win this event there. But, uh, yeah, that's some great play uh, by him. Um, it's, it's, it doesn't surprise me, but it's just it's, it's good to see him play entire tournaments where he's playing good. You know, he, he, uh, he really had to battle the weather and the, the high winds and tough conditions that they had. Uh, you know, whether this is a new Xander Shoffley, I don't know, but uh, it's it's definitely something that uh, uh, that we got to take note about because you look at the, the talent that he's got and then now him able to actually has the mental game to finish a, uh, you know, finish a tournament and win it. Um, this is something that we, we should definitely take note of and see if this is a new Xander Shoffley going forward. Yeah, I, 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 it's it's a great point. It's something that we've talked about for a while that you can't really take him seriously until you start seeing him close out these kind of events. And to see him do it two in a row, and it, it wasn't perfect today. And it, frankly, it wasn't perfect, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago at Travelers. I mean, there was there was a, a, a there was a scenario where he could have lost uh, to Thagala that that tournament. And there was a there's a scenario where Kurt Kitayama almost won today. Um, Xander had had a couple of hiccups late in the front nine. He he did finish strong, made a couple birdies in 15 to 16 to get him ahead by a couple uh, bogey 18, but uh, no harm, no foul there. So his seventh tour win. Um, more importantly, his second straight and his second where he actually played against a full field in a in a in a cut event. Um, we kind of razz him about being the no cut limited field guy. Um, so he's beating the best in the world, two great fields, and there really is no better setup for him. Um, all the momentum in the world, and we'll talk about it when we get to the odds. But this this feels a little bit like Scotty Scheffler headed in the Masters, and it's it's is is picking the obvious guy the way to go. And it was then. I don't know if it will be this week, and we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, any other takeaways from the Scottish Open? I know you didn't see a lot because you were traveling. Didn't get to see really any of it, which I'm I'm disappointed at because I think it uh, it could be a good event there. What I would love to see um, is having a um, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, British Isles, all were official PGA Tour events because I think they're, they're, they're great events. Um, and it was ni- it's nice to see that the PGA Tour, um, calling it a, a, you know, a full PGA Tour event there, given full exemptions to, uh, to you know, to guys that win it and everything. And, and I think they got most, if not all, the FedEx Cup points. So, you know, great there. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting. I think you really got a weather reports but uh um you know you got to look at the, the guys who hit the ball well they're going to definitely carry that over into the open championship and i think we can this this gave us a good idea of how these guys are looking and uh you know what we can uh what we can go off of when we make bets for the uh for the open championship three guys earned exemptions uh, uh that weren't otherwise exempt kurt kitayama um joe joe hung kim Young, real young guy, and uh, Brandon, Brandon Wu uh, learned the earned the last exemption. Uh, 
Uh, my guy, Alex Smalley, man, he bogeyed the last hole to fall out of that spot for an exemption for the open. Brutal. Uh, really brutal. Um, so he'll be headed home. Um, we saw Spieth this week play really good golf. Um, he did the typical speed thing where he birdied 13. I think he got within one shot at that point, And then he went bogey or double bogey bogey on 14, 15 and um, killed his momentum. But for the most part, Spieth was there. We saw a lot of good golf from him this week. I think that's encouraging for next week. Max Homa played really well today. He, he lost, I think four shots on the back nine, but he was also in the mix for a while. Um, Cantley and Fleetwood, they made nice runs late, but um I, I think we saw a lot of good golf from a lot of the guys that that we think could be in the mix next week. Um, like I said, Xander, Spieth, um, and and maybe maybe a Cantley Fleetwood situation. So I don't really have anything else from the from the Scottish. Um, John Rahm with the, one of the all time sound bites on Friday. Um, I, I'm sure people, uh, if you follow golf, you you, you saw it on Twitter, um, and uh, I, I, t- I told you I watched it no less than 20 times, and I, I may have watched a little more today. It was just so good, and uh, I don't know. It's it's entirely on brand for him, but it also relatable for, for, for guys like us. That was so good. <laughs> but, yeah, that one there, and, and I've – uh, you know, far less stakes and far less quality of golf and everything. But I've, I've probably not muttered that and said it in the same volume myself uh, when I wanted the ball to draw or, or, or something like that. But uh, that, that was just that was that was just gorgeous. I mean, it's just such good stuff. I mean, it is it's so good. And, you know, it just shows you that, uh, you know, they, they get frustrated just like us and and, uh, you know, I don't mind it. I, I don't mind the, the, the anger from time to time. Yeah, that uh, the, asking the ball to draw when it, and it doesn't, that, that is entirely relatable for me, um, for sure. So I, I feel you, John. <laughs> um, and I, I, I'm anxious to talk about what your thoughts are on him when we get to the odds. Um, let's talk about uh, um, Tiger. Uh, first, before we talk about St. Andrews and what the course looks like and and so forth, um, you know, Tiger's been over there a couple of days. He played a practice round with Rory at uh, Valley Bunyan. Tiger, we know he skipped the U.S. Open. Uh, didn't look necessarily great at the PGA. Really, really labor the last couple of days after making the cut. Do you have any expectations for him this week, or is it just the joy of watching him play golf on a major stage again? Yeah, I mean, I expect him to make the cut. Um, I I think uh, um, if you can get him at some decent odds, and I think he's going to have pretty good odds after you know him struggling at the JP McManus tournament there. But the fact that he's playing Bally Bunyan, and then he played, uh, uh, he's been playing the old course a couple times here with uh, uh, with JT. I mean, that shows you that he's he's getting he's getting healthier. Um, so he's now he's just got to get the reps. He probably hasn't played a a ton at uh, um, in Jupiter there. So him coming over early, you know, playing in the tournament and playing with Rory and playing these other events, I think that's, uh, I think that's, that's something there. And I, you know, I, he, he's, he struggled badly. Um, and I, I think that's going to kind of uh, boost up his odds a little bit, but I do expect him to make the cut. I mean, this is his favorite golf course. Um, it's a golf course he can get around pretty easily. Uh, weather's going to be one thing because, because of the leg there, but he wouldn't be playing, yesterday he and then until like 11 p.m 
And then he teed off first thing this morning and played with, uh, played with Justin Thomas again, um, 36 holes within, you know, basically a 36 or a, a less than a 24 hour stretch there. So, uh, I, I don't expect him to contend, but I, I think he's going to make the cut. I think he's, uh, you know, I think he's going to start out pretty good. And we'll just see how that leg holds up, but there, there's some promising things as far as the health of his leg. Now it's just a matter of, like I said, getting holes in, getting reps and seeing, you know, seeing where we're at there. I, I think I've, I think I said it earlier in the year after we found out he was playing the masters, I felt like his whole season was geared toward St. Andrews mostly. And the Masters and the PJ were just about getting out there, testing the leg. Um, you know, uh, there was for a second on, on Friday at the Masters where he was in semi-contention, but it was so early in the tournament, and he never was really in at the PJ. It was just the fight about making the cut. Um, so I think we saw enough decent golf where we we can envision a scenario where he gets out early and he shoots four under the first round and he can kind of hang around. I don't know if that'll happen, but it's, it's conceivable. Um, I, I've, I've tried to figure out if, if it's going to, if it would favor him more, if the wind kicked up um, versus if it doesn't, where if it doesn't, I think it's, it's a birdie fest and we're talking around 20 under winds. I think, I think gustier, windier, tougher conditions will help him um, because he can use that experience, that guile, the way he can shape shots, hit low shots, etc. Um, so I'm hoping for his sake, the wind blows a little bit. Um, and we can, I, I think that, I think the tougher plays, the more likely he can finish top 20, top 25, something like that. Yeah, I agree. And it's just, I think the temperature is going to be a big thing. I mean, if it's going to be 49 degrees in the morning in the British Isles there, you know, that's going to be tough for him to get, get the back stretched out and get the leg loose and everything. But absolutely. I mean, he cannot, I hate to say it, but he cannot win. He can't win birdie fest. He can't do it anymore. It's just, it's just not how he's going to end up ever winning uh, number 83 there. And so he's going to need the tougher golf course with the tougher conditions. And, and this one here, this, this golf course favors him so incredibly well. And if you throw in the wind, um, you know, I, I think you'll be fine. I, I really do. I think it'll be fine. It's just, it's just a matter of how the draw works out. And, um, you know, if he can get some somewhat warmer temperatures so he can get loosened up and, uh, you know, play in this event. We don't know when the next open is at St. Andrews, do we? It, it's every five years on the fifth year. So it'll be 2025. This just happens to be on a non every five year because it's the 150th. So it's 2025, 2030, 2035. I thought, that right was, I thought that was pushed back because of – uh, oh, did 20, they push it back to the COVID? Because of 2020. Um, that was okay. supposed to be because I, I see next year's Liverpool, next the 2024 is Troon, and 2025 is back at Port Rush. And that's the only okay. that's the only ones I see. I'm I'm just yeah, I'm just trying to think, is this the last time we'll see him at St. Andrews potentially? Yeah, I I, I think it is. And I, I, I don't know if he's if he's talked about it directly. But I think there's hints, and I kind of looked at Twitter a little bit. Again, I don't know where the quotes are coming from off the top of my head, but this is kind of one, one last hurrah here, I think, where he's going to be competitive at the Open Championship. I, I just, you just, Port Rush is, I, I think it's too, too big of a golf course, too tough of a golf course for him now. Troon is a, Troon's a beast. 
Um, you know, he always struggles at near field. So I, I, I think this is, this is what he's, this is it right here. And this is, you know, other than Augusta, which Augusta is kind of becoming too big, the more they, they work on the golf course, this could be the one significant chance he's got if he can start out well and, and you know, end up contending on Sunday. I hate to say it, but I mean, to be completely realistic, I mean, he's, you know, I'm sure that leg will get healthier and everything, but that back's not not going to improve. And, and it devastates me to have to think about it that. And I'm not going to really think about it this week like that but i think uh if we've got to be realistic i mean don't you think that that's kind of it yeah yeah it, it could be um i i i don't know if i fully agree about the augusta thought i mean yeah the golf course is is long you know it wasn't. Is it that much longer than it was in 2019 when he won uh, of course he didn't suffer a devastating almost life-threatening leg injury, you know, in 2019 as well. I don't know. You could be right. I, I think I think all of it does lead up to kind of being a big deal that Tiger's playing this week. And it's it's gonna be really exciting to follow him. But also also in a way it's it's still like I go back to what I said before the Masters or, or I'm sorry, after the Masters it's all kind of sad a little bit, you know, to watch him the way he is because if this hadn't have happened if if this had not had happened last year, you know, we'd be talking about Tiger maybe aging where he could still contend in opens and the masters. I, I've, I've kind of disqualified the PGA and the U S open for him for, for the rest of his career. Cause I just cannot envision those type of courses fitting into what he does well anymore. Um, so these two majors make the most sense. St. Andrews makes the most sense. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen, but it'd be fun to just see him play good golf and, uh, you know, look like he's having fun out there. Um, let's talk about St. Andrews a little bit. Um, uh, you know, kind of go back to what I said earlier about waking up early and watching this, you know, this tournament. Um, there's just something about watching the open at St. Andrews though, that does really feel like you're, it's like a spiritual thing where this is where golf started, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes. Um, you know, one of the, you know, the oldest courses that's, that's been around, you know, in history and, and the, the tournament being here every five years or so. Um, and then the way the, the course is set up, you know, how it, how it, the, the town of, I, I guess it's Fife, the, it, it's incorporated into the course and, um, you know, the, the fans and the people that are there, it's just, it just feels like the course is part of who they are. Um, and it's one of those things with golf, like, you know, sometimes you get into the spiritual side where it's like, it's deeper than just the game. And that's what it feels like when you're watching uh, the open at St. Andrews, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think we all kind of feel that way when we watch the open championship because the boy, the presentation is, I mean, they always, they always do snippets and, and uh, you know, cutaways of, of the town, the small towns that these golf courses are in and they might do little uh little you know stories on, on characters and, and citizens of that town and they of buildings and whatnot but this is this is just different and this golf course was created in the early 1500s 200 years before electricity was a thing think about that 200 years before electricity was a thing people were playing golf on this golf course. 
So, I mean, this is, uh, you know, it's, it's aged beautifully. It, uh, um, it, like you said, it just, it romantically associates with the town and the way that uh, um, both the, the, you know, Europeans and Americans have, have revered this, uh, you know, the, the, the sanctity of the birthplace of golf is, is just, is just special. And, you know, it seems like whatever network uh, broadcasts the uh, the Open Championship now it's Golf Channel and C, uh, NBC, but it used to be ESPN and ABC did it. They would they would uh, you know they would definitely build it up and and show the reverence of and appreciation for this type of golf and this type of golf course. But St Andrews just it just it just hits different. I mean, it's just it's just different and it's different in, in so many good ways. I mean, the golf course is of the open rota is, is probably the easiest, but I mean, like, again, we're talking a golf course that was basically, you know, designed and built, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And, uh, and, and I think that's why that, that, you know, a lot of golf fans, we just, we just, you know, it's just different. It's just fun to watch. It, it's just, a it, you know, not, not a spiritual or, or religious or anything like that, but just, you know, golf fans, uh, you know, I think, I think appreciate it more than most. And I encourage anybody that, uh, that's a casual golf fan is to watch it, you know, Saturday or Sunday morning, because it comes on at eight, nine o'clock in the morning and you could watch it all morning long. And it's, it's just to watch it and just to see, watch the fans, watch the, 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 the cutaways that they do. It's just, it, it's good stuff. It's just, it's really, really good stuff. The only thing that could, that could really ruin uh, an experience like this is peacock is what I'm sorry. <laughs> the only thing that could ruin this experience for us is peacock. Oh, they're going to though. They're going to figure I, out I a way. I know. They're I like, know. how many commercials can we make people pay for this service? And then we'll just commercial it up with uh, PXG and, AIG and whatever else they do. It's it's gonna it's it's gonna be it's, it could be potentially um, devastating to have that going on all week until NBC takes over, which who by the way hasn't been great this year either. Um, it's too bad ESPN Plus doesn't have the early coverage because they're so good. Um, they're so good at yeah, it. ESPN um, Plus is fantastic. Uh, um, as far as the course itself, I mean it's it's sort of your quintessential quintessential. Uh, links course, uh, huge wide fairways, huge greens. I mean, if you want to look at a stat, three putt avoidance, you're going to have uh, you're going to have some 70, 80, 80 foot putts where the guy's got to get down in two. Um, I, I think driving distance this week, and I'll be interested in your take. I think driving distance is a really critical stat this week because there are three or four drivable par fours uh i think of nine and ten uh, obviously 18 as well um if you're at least semi-accurate with the driver and you hit a long way you're, you're just putting yourself in, in a position where your short game can at least get you in a, in a spot to have makeable birdie putts so i, I think driving distance and I'm, I'm looking at guys that can really lag putt it and and avoid three putts this week as well um Tons of bunkers on this course. Obviously, it's it's not long, seventy three hundred yards. Again, I think if the wind's down, I think this is going to be a birdie fest, and um, I'm okay with that because it's St Andrews, and I've I'm not necessarily worried about the score this week. You know, normally, um, I I I always look at a the major should be a certain 
score or or whatever. I'm not I'm not necessarily worried about this week, but I do think I do think the win's going to be a pivotal it's pivotal key because it's really the only defense the course has anymore to modern golf. Yeah, it is. Um, I think the leader Louis Ustazen won it. Um, it was basically calm. We are, you know, all things considered, not uh, not blustering or anything like that. And he was um, in in the twenty under par uh, neighborhood there, I believe. And I, I remember him making a bunch of birdies there. So it, it's it's interesting because the golf course, how it's routed. You know, normally if you, you know, anybody who's watched this podcast plays golf, they tee off on the first hole, they come in on nine, nine's right by the first hole, it's by the clubhouse, they tee off on 10, and then they finish on 18, you know, one, nine green, 10 tee, and 18 green are all, all there. This has nine holes that basically go in the same direction, for the most part, and then it has nine holes coming back. So if when the wind blows in a certain direction, it can make one of the nines very, very tough because like every single hole is, is pretty much into the wind there. And what's neat is, is there's so many double greens. And that's what you said about the large greens there, um, because most of them are double greens and all the greens, uh, one and 18 are not double greens, but every other one, I believe, uh, except for maybe two more, they, uh, you know, there, there's double greens there. And if you add up the holes, like holes 12, and six are double greens. They all add up to 18. So to figure out which ones are like that. So, but as far as the golf course itself, yeah, you want to have driving distance. It's usually won by a guy who's really good off the tee. Um, you want to drive those drivable holes. Um, cause you can, you can get up there by the green. You can hit low chip shots, uh, as your second shot out of the green and make those putts. But generally the guy who wins this event, is the best on approach shots. It's just, uh, I was reading something by Pat Mayo, uh, a golf better uh, DFS guy, and, and he was doing some research of the past, I don't know, three or four open champions at this golf course. It's always been guys who are great on their approach shots. There's only two par fives and two par threes, so there's a whole bunch of par fours. So you're going to hit a lot of second shots, um, and you want guys who are good at that. And, uh, you know, par four scoring, obviously, because you've got, uh, you know, you've got 14 of them rather than the customary 12 that most golf courses have. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see that and if that actually happens, but, uh, um, as for the golf course itself, that's what I'm going to look for is, is, uh, my, my best approach players, guys who are going to get the ball on the greens, because you don't want to get it in these little, these little bunkers. There's just, there's so many of them and they're so hard to get out of. Yes. Yeah, I, I think I think we see eye to eye on that. I, you know, par four scoring is critical, and you know we say it every week. Approach is always probably the the, the biggest stat from week to week that's going to carry over to 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 show represent who's actually going to win the tournament or, or come close to it. So, yeah, I don't disagree with anything you said there. Um, I also think just the the. The history and majors of, of these guys matters to me. Um, I, you know, I just it's like guys that play well in majors versus guys that typically don't. Um, you know, I can't wait to talk about Rory because it just uh, it, it just feels like between he and Xander, it, it's like 
one of these two guys should should win this week. Um, but so yeah, major history uh, matters to me as well. Course history matters a little bit. You you mentioned Louie. What a fascinating, I mean, case study here. I mean, dominated in 2010, nearly won in 2015. And I know he's not playing great this year. He's got the live stuff, but man, his number has just plummeted and nobody wants to bet these live guys. And, and with with reason, I get it, but it's also really tempting uh, when, when you talk about a guy with with such great course history. So uh, let's let's talk about the odds and uh, go in depth here about who who can potentially win this tournament and uh, who's got the value on the board. Um, on DraftKings, Rory McIlroy is the favorite still at plus nine hundred. Um, he's been the favorite pretty much since the U.S. Open on most books. Uh, you might find him at plus 1,000, maybe at a couple other books. Um, I I accidentally put a future on him uh, before before the U.S. Open. I thought I was betting the U.S. Open, and I didn't. And now I'm kind of happy because uh, he didn't win that one, and maybe he'll win this one. So um, I do have something on Rory already. But he's at plus 900. John Rahm's at 12. Scotty, Scheffler, Xander are at 14. Uh, JT and Spieth are at 16. Fitzpatrick's also at 16. Morikawa's at 20. Shane Lowry at 22. Cam Smith at 22. Zalatoris, Cantley at 25. And DJ and Victor Hovland at 28. That's about, I think, about 12, 13 guys that are under 30 to 1. Uh, so Rory, Johnny, um, uh, Missed the Open in 2015 at St. Andrews. Um, in 2010, he shot a 63, and then he followed it up with a round over 80 when the wind blew like never before. Um, but I th- think he still finished in the top five in that, that tournament in 2010. Um, he's had, what, six straight top 20s this season, uh, nearly won the U.S. Open, won the Canadian Open. What is there not to like about Rory this week besides his number? I, I'm I'm trying to think of what's not to like about it. I'm trying to find something here that's not to like about Rory McIlroy, other than the fact that he's broken my heart and and I know yours multiple occasions when we've been high on him, and it just looks like everything is pointing towards him having a really great week this week, and. I, I just the number at nine to one is so low. I would love to have, I'm sure you've got him at a much better number than that. I would love to have that ticket that you've got on him because he, he, uh, he, I th- I'm not sure if he's going to fool us into, into loving him this week, but you know, I think we're seeing, we saw some good stuff out of the U S open uh, from Rory there. You know, I know he didn't win, and I know he had his struggles through a little bit of it, but there's there's something different about him recently as opposed to even just you know six eight months ago. So I like Rory a lot. I'm going to look for him. I'm going to try to find maybe they've got an odds boost on a different book or something to get him above ten to one. Um, I don't like him that low but I've got to figure out a way to get him on my card because I don't want to miss out uh, when, when Rory wins one of these. And this is as, as, as honestly as good as good as a chance as he's going to have 
because of the course history, how he's playing. I think now kind of how he approaches the game of golf. I mean, you got to like having that card right now or that ticket on him right now, don't you? I do. Um, and, and along with all those things, all the stats and what you said, I mean, he's he, he's played links golf really well, obviously. He won the 2014 Open. He finished in the top 10 in 16, 17, and 18. Um, of course, he bombed out at Port Rush in, in 2019, but that, there was – that was an understandable thing. Um, that was different. Yeah, that was different. Yeah, it's just it. it and, and if karma is is a real thing, then he's going to win this week for for how he has stood up and tried to be the face of the tour and defend the tour um, the last couple months. And um, so, yeah, if karma's true, it's going to come back to him in, in a big way, and it could be this week. But no, the. It, it, the that stuff aside and just focusing on the golf, he's just played amazing golf this year. I mean, he's just played really good golf. He's putting it really, really well. The best I've seen him put it in years. Um, it seems like his, you know, he's for a while, he was kind of tinkering with adding more distance and he's, you know, he's Rory fucking McIlroy hits it long enough. Um, that's not, that's not an issue. It, it, it seems like he's just kind of now resolved into the, the person and player he is. And, um, I think that's good. I think he's comfortable. Um, it just feels like it's it's set up for him. Um, it's eight years now, eight years since he won his last major. Um, you know, Ooh. maybe he's the new Justin Thomas where every major we're going to say, man, he's got he's to win this one, doesn't he? Um, it just feels – it feels hard to envision him not at least being there on the weekend. John Rahm at 12-1. to Um Man, what a what a weird what a weird like eight months. Like in the fall, it felt like he could not be beat, right? I mean, the strokes gains numbers were unbelievable. Um, then early in the year, still hitting an unbelievable, couldn't make a putt. Uh, really frustrating. He wins Mexico in a terrible field, but it just feels like something's been off. Um, now it doesn't feel like he's necessarily hitting it as well as he was um, early in the year or last fall. It feels, I mean, again, it's, it's, it feels like he's close, but it doesn't feel like he's close enough for me to bet him this week. I, I, I agree with that. He's, he's not, not at that number. It's just, you just, we know we've talked about it and I know I've, I've said it. I swear every single podcast episode that, that I've done is, is when you're putting the ball well, I mean, you're going to contend and he just after the U.S. Open, sometime after that, it just it's it's not consistent. Yeah, he still is a good putter and everything, and and there's there's uh you know there's just some flaws in his stroke in his his approach. There's something like that, but these guys can hit it amazing. I mean, they can hit it amazing every single day. But if they're not making putts, they're not winning tournaments, and that's just what we're seeing right now with him. And yeah, the ball striking, I'm I'm sure because it you know. When putting as great as he did at Torrey Pines there winning the U.S. Open and then regressing a little bit on the putting, you know, it's going to take a toll because you're going to maybe focus on that. You're going to work too much on the putting. You're going to be too concerned with mechanics and everything. And the ball, the ball striking is just kind of coming back to life. Now, is he still one of the top like two or three players in the world? Absolutely. I mean, that, that's not going to change, but these guys, I mean, and we got to take away Tiger during that 
12 year stretch or whatever it was, but every other guy has had struggles, you know, where they've been at the top of their game for a certain amount of time. And then, you know, then something has fallen off and usually it is the putting. They're just, they just don't make as many putts as they, uh, you know, as they were when they were, were playing well. So at 12 to one, I, I don't like the number. I don't mind them in some, maybe some matchup betting. Um, and if you wanted to like uh, uh, some of the books, I think FanDuel does a, um, uh, does, does parlays with top finishes. Yeah. You can maybe add him on a top 10 or top 20. I still think he's going to play well, but I just, with the, with the, the, the putting, I just don't see him as, as winning this event. Well, you'll be happy to know that he, he said after the round that he just he had a lot of bad luck this week, a lot of bad bounces. And if karma, wow. Uh, if karma is the real thing, he's going to have a lot of good luck next week because it, it should be coming to him. So it was all about the bounces this week. Well, but, but let, let me, let me say that, that right there, that's good stuff. He, he's not blaming himself and he, and really with the, the struggles of putting, he's like, I just hit it closer to everybody. So my, my strokes gain look worse, or I got a lot of bad bounces on my putts. That that's type of stuff there. It tells me he's feeling good about his stroke. Now, I see some mechanical flaws in it. Not that I'm here to judge. I'm not Dave Pels or something, you know, something like that. You know? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just, but, uh, but no, no, I mean, it's just, you know, he, he, he's got a purpose. He knows what he wants to do, but, uh, but yeah, he's, he's saying it's not him. You know, it's, it's you, it's not me type of thing. But uh, you know, that's, that, that's going to have to change at some point because I, I, I swear there's mechanical issues with the putter, but uh, you know, who, who am I? Uh, Dave Pell's wannabe now. I mean, short game yeah. guru. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's. So the next couple guys, Scheffler and Xander at 14 to 1. Um, I mean, we did this. I'm, I'm glad he's at the same number as Scotty because we didn't even really talk about Scheffler in the Masters preview show as someone that could really win because we just we do the thing where we think, Oh man, that guy's already won two times, three times. There's no way they can keep winning because it's so hard as it is. And and, and at a major, it just feels like that, that, they this can't keep it up. And then and then when they do it, you're like, how how could I be so stupid and not do the obvious thing? Um it's definitely the case with Xander this week because he's playing great and he's finishing tournaments finally and he's got no flaws in his game. Um, and I don't see any reason why St. Andrews wouldn't be a great fit for what he does well. Um, is it too obvious for you? You know, I, I don't like to bet guys who went to win on consecutive weeks, but I was burned hard with, uh, with Scotty Scheffler. I ended up the, the, the day before the Masters started, I think I threw a, a bet on Scheffler just so I wouldn't miss out because I finally was like, you know what? Maybe he can win. I, I would do the same with Xander. Now, I bet him um, right after the J.P. McManus Pro-Am, I bet him for the Open Championship, not the Scottish Open this week, so I didn't, didn't capitalize on that. But I was like, you know what? Okay, he showed me he could play – he could play in Europe. He could play that different style of golf course there. So maybe, maybe he is worth something, but I think we're, we're at the point though, that we got to just got to be careful on that because Xander, the way Xander approaches tournaments, at least to me, 
he seems like it, it, they're business, they're true business trips to him. He's not, he's not worried about what happened last week. He's not worried about what's going to happen next week. He's there. He gets there, does his job, you know, plays the golf. And, and that's how he went in and won these events here. Now, with that being said, he has never played St. Andrews until I think today was the first or, or I'm sorry, tomorrow is going to be the first day that he's going to play. He's never actually seen the golf course before. So there is lack of experience there um, that he said, but uh, I think you've got to bet him. I think you've got to figure out a way to get him on your card. Maybe you, you throw a little bit of a smaller portion of your unit bet on him to, but, uh, and plus, you know, at 1400, that's, it's not great odds, but I think it's pretty appropriate. I think you gotta, you gotta do the Scotty Scheffler thing and you're just almost obligated to bet him just so you don't miss out. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really hard because we always say, you know, we talk about these guys that are under 30 to one, especially in majors, because they're just, especially if you look at, we talked about this last major. If you just look at the last five years of majors, there's been no flukes. Like it is usually the best guys winning these tournaments. So you, you want to try to cover, I don't know, your strategy is this week, three guys under 30 to one, something like that, and, and spread your money out and then, you know, try to figure out past that if there's anyone that could win or top five, top 10. So it is a strategy play on how you want to bet it. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if, if you were just going to take one bullet this week, uh, and one bet, it would be hard not to pick Xander because of what he's been doing lately. And, and we always say, don't, don't ignore someone's hot streak because it, it usually keeps going in golf, especially for these good players. I mean, I look at his results since the Zurich when he won with Cantley. I mean, he won that one, finished fifth at the Bryant Byron Nelson, 13th at the PGA, 18th at the Memorial. 14th at the U S open and then first at the travelers first at the Scottish. I mean, it is really good golf for um, what three months now. Um, and he's doing it statistically all over the map. I mean, he was, he gained 10 strokes T to green this week at the Scottish. He's gaining around the green, gaining putting. Um, he put it great at the travelers. So he's doing it in a variety of ways, which isn't surprising because he's so good all the way through the bag. Um, yeah. I would, I, if I had to pick, between Scotty and Xander, I'd probably take Xander because I, I do think he's got a, an, an increased level of motivation to, to win that first major to kind of prove the naysayers wrong like us. Um, and uh, not that I don't trust Scotty because Scotty's obviously been great this year. And I was, I was almost more impressed with him at the U S open than I was with at the masters because he's already won a masters and now here he was trying to win a second major in the year and he was right there. Um, so it's not dismissing Scotty. I would just prefer Xander, uh, over Scotty if I had to choose this week, um, right there below him, JT speed and Fitzpatrick at 16 to one. Do you have a preference of the three there? I, I, I would love it because I actually bet a month or two ago, I, I did put a future on, on speed thinking that he was going to come out of these putting woes. But, you know, to get within one today against Xander and then to make double and fall back, there's still some things going on. I know he's hitting the ball well. Um, you know, there, there is some good stuff there. But, uh, you know, I got to I, – I don't feel as good at having that ticket. I don't mind it that I, I got it but because I think I got a pretty decent number on it. But I just – I just don't really like it. Now, one thing I, I, I will say about the Open Championship, you know, just kind of going off of what you were saying, 
every winner of the Open Championship since 2011, but except with the exception of Ernie Els, has had either won an event or had three top 10 finishes in their last six tournaments played. So they've been playing really good golf. And I think that's something that because of, like we said, you got to be able to hit it long, but you, the, the approach shots got to be swinging it. Well, I think that's uh that's something there. So guys I have on that list are Xander, Rory, John Rahm, JT, Fitzpatrick, Zal Torres, Cantley, Burns, Lowry, Cam Young, Billy Ho, Homa, JT Poston. Um, you know, so we've had quite a few of those there. I don't mind JT and Fitz. I don't love them this week. So I don't know if I'm going to win bet either one, but they, they do fit that mold and maybe they do after winning a major championship, but to win two in a row, I mean, the, like you look at what, what Brooks Kepka did to win a couple major championships in a row. That's just, that's incredible. But these are guys that can do it. I mean, Fitzpatrick's a really good player. And JT, we know, we, you know, we've talked him up and everything like that. So between those two, I would probably go with Thomas. Um, but uh, I think they're really kind of all three decent, decent options. I wouldn't hate it if you bet any one of the three. JT has not been good at the Open uh, in his career. I think his best finish is 11th at Portrush. Um I think he, he he played terrible this week at the Scottish. I, I don't know if that's a big deal or not. I, I don't think he had a great draw. I think he had again. It's like it's like the third time this year where he had the bad side of the draw. Remember what he had at the the players. Uh, um, you can actually find JT at nineteen to one on Fanduel if that um, if that's a little bit more interesting. But I think he wants to play well. Maybe he almost tries too hard. Um, because I think he's just more of that typical PGA Tour type of course player, um, I, where I haven't haven't seen it yet on a links course. Whereas Spieth, I have seen it. I, I've seen him win an Open. He almost won the 15 Open here at St Andrews. He just seems to thrive when he can play golf and not golf swing, and he can use his creativity a little bit more. And links golf kind of provides that opportunity for him more than um you know whatever of course over here in america um so i, I think for that reason i i would probably be i would side a little bit more speed than jt but it is hard to see jt's number at 19 to 1 and, and just kind of ignore it as well um and and fitzpatrick he you know he backed it up this week at Scottish, he, I thought for a while, I'm like, yeah, he's he's going to win again, and he's going to get on one of these heaters. So he seems to be one of the five best players in the world right now. Uh, can't really believe I'm saying that about Matt Fitzpatrick, but it feels like the real deal. He really does. Um, so I couldn't, you know, again, couldn't fault anyone for any of those three guys um, at that number, at least in the same range. Morikawa at 20 to 1, I, I think I'm just going to have to say to stay away. I hate to say it. Um, but it just doesn't seem doesn't seem like it's clicking right now. Um, this season, especially right now, um, stay away for you as well. Yeah, he's a stay away. Um, I ha I hate that, and and they're very tempt. The books are very tempting with him to get get him up uh, at uh, at around twenty to one. But uh, you know his golf is is there. And you looked, you know, I, I said in I think in the U.S. Open preview that uh, he was hitting a draw. I didn't know why he was hitting a draw when he normally hits a you know, hits a control fade. 
still kind of same thing. He had a, a good round or two in there. I think he finished strong as well, but uh, you got to throw four good rounds to win a major championship. And uh, um, him not feeling comfortable over the ball, even though he's the best iron player on tour. Um, and then the, you know, the putting, he's still kind of going through figuring out which putters, which, and to defend your uh, claret jug there, that's, that, that's another battle in and of itself. So Unfortunately, got to stay away from from Morikawa uh, for this week. Yep, I'm, I'm with you. It just it doesn't seem like it's in the cards for him to bag this one. Um, Shane Lowry at 22, Cam Smith at 22, Zalatoris, Cantley at 25, DJ Hovland at 28. Uh, that group has a couple guys who have won this year, have played very well. Cam Smith. Um, Shane Lowry and Will Zalatoris, maybe maybe the the players on tour who have played the best this year without winning a tournament, um, and then Cantley, you know, really hard to read. I mean, he had that awful final round of Travelers, and then he comes back today, finishes well, top five, played really well, and then uh, uh, of all the live guys, DJ's got to be the one that you're looking at that that could could. Uh, play well and win here. So of that group, who do you like the most? I, I I'm going to go a little bit on a limb just because I don't know how he's, how he's done with uh, playing golf overseas, but it's a major championship. And until Will Zalatoris tells me he cannot play in a major championship and contend, um, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll consider staying away. And, you know, he's just, he, if, if, if Morikawa is the best ball striker on tour, Zalatoris is, is, you know, almost the same, uh, the, the same level there. So, you know, the, the putting, you know, I always just say the wind and all that other stuff, but he, he knows how to get the ball around. And, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to have to bet him in some capacity just because, I mean, he, like I said, he's a big game hunter. And I think, uh, major championship he'll just have to show me that he he can't play in these these events there i really want to bet cam smith because i think there is a lot of potential there you know he is uh he does hit the drive a little bit squirrely but he's got a great short game he's a pretty good iron player uh great putter but has the has there been enough consistent recent form i don't really know um so i'll have to think about that one there but he, he is he's kind of intriguing uh guy to pick here and I do really like Shane Lowry. Um, and I, I like him most of these major championships, but he, his game fits the profile. He's a former open champion at Port Rush. Um, so he knows how to win this event. And I keep going back to, you know, he's had uh, a couple close calls and end up making the cut at the Irish Open after a tough start and, and played some decent golf. And I think he backdoored at like a top 10 or top 15 or top 20 there. So there is some form there. And I think, I think the open championship means something a little bit more to Shane Lowry. And uh, I think he'd like to do it at the home of golf. I will say one more thing about Pat Cantley though. Yes. I've, I've, I've picked him and I've picked him. I, I don't know what to expect this week. I mean, I, I just don't know. So he's a stay away for me. I, I, I hate having to stay away from him, but you just don't know. You don't know if you're going to get a miscut. You don't know if you're going to get a, Contention. I mean, what's he going to do this week? You know. Yeah, and, and we we talked about the major record being abysmal for him. 
before the U.S. Open. I think he he did he did backdoor a top fifteen at the U.S. Open, um, but I mean he played well at the Memorial. Played played well this week. Um, he is a hard one to read. I, I'll probably not. I'll probably not have any anything on Cantley. I, I agree wholeheartedly about Zalatoris. I, I think we just agree that it's an auto bet on, until he shows he's not going to contend, which I, I it's it's just hard. And, and maybe Leaks Golf isn't his forte. We don't know yet, but um, I still still trust the twenty five to one. That's that's to me that's a good number for. I mean, if you compare him versus Morikawa, who's just been playing much better, <laughs> you're you're getting a much better number on Zalatoris versus Colin. Um, DJ to me is the one that's really interesting. And and I said 28 to one, you can actually find him as low as 35 to one on Caesars Sportsbook. Um, you know, he played well at the live event in Portland. Um, I think he finished third, tied for third. Um, 2015, it felt like he was going to just decimate this field, decimate the course. Uh, halfway through that event, I remember like, holy shit, DJ is going to go, he's going to shoot. Um, what? minus 24 and win by six and he he kind of just disappeared over the weekend and, and really really tailed off but on, on on the surface you feel like this is a, a, a golf course that just should suit him so well um it's just hard to, it's hard to know what the live thing has done and i said i wouldn't talk about it and we're not but i don't know and he hasn't played great uh even in pga tour events this year um what do you think about dj uh, if it's the 28 number or the 35 number, I mean, is, is that something you're interested in this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually very interested in it. And when you originally fired off those names, I, I, I didn't mention him as, as a guy I liked. Um, I, I think it was, that's a great number. And, and I mean, he, him playing well at the live event. I mean, I know the live events, not a tournament. So but he's hitting good shots. He's playing good holes. You know, he's, he, he's playing good, you know, good rounds on a, on a pretty tough golf course. So yeah, I, that's something that, uh, um, you know, I'm very intrigued by it and he's not ever going to worry. You know, some of these guys are going to, you know, they're going to cross over and play in these events and, and they're going to feel awkward with the fans, with, uh, you know, with the RNA, with, with whomever, you know, there might be some awkwardness, with him, there's there's absolutely none. I mean, you just need to know if he's if he's playing good golf. And I, I think there is still, I think with him there is still uh, the, that fire that burns to you know to to, to be successful. You know, he, obviously he going over to live. He wanted to make the money, but uh, I think he legitimately wants to win these. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet a lot. I'm not gonna go crazy with them or anything, but. 30 to one, 35 to one. I mean, that's, that's a really solid number for him. And the fact that he did play well at, in, in Portland at that event um, is, is something that, uh, um, you know, showed me Now, whether his putting is, is anywhere good enough to win a major championship. That's the hard part. And it's hard to, to fully determine and everything like that. But I think he's at that. We know he's, he's playing golf, playing decent golf. Um, you know, he had a few good rounds there. I, I think you gotta, I think you gotta bet him. He played, he played okay at the U S open at the country club. He was 24th. Um, oh, that's not he, bad. he had a couple nice rounds and he was the highest finishing live guy. Um, I I'm, I'm in there with you. I, especially when I just saw 35 to one, 
Um, I think he's, he's the, that's, that's a perfect number. I don't think you'd probably take him at, at better than 25 to one, but 35 is, is something. And uh, if you talk about a value play for a two-time major winner, um, a guy that, that played well here for most of the tournament when it was last held, I think you gotta, you gotta be interested in it. I, I'm with you on it as well. Um, I have, I have not a lot of faith in Hovland at all. He's, his ball striking has really tailed off the last few events and the short game is a big question as well, as always. So um, I kind of thought you'd be off Hovland as well. Yeah. Fate, fate, if, you know, I think you could fade him. You could look, you could look at it, you know, I don't want to say it for sure, but you could look at, you know, miscut bets or, or, or fading him in matchup bets. Um, I just think he, he's just, he's at that point where he's just a little bit of a struggle. I don't know if there's the talk of him going to live or if just the game itself is just not there, but uh, he'll be back at some point. Obviously he's just too good not to, but this week though, I think you can, I think you could pretty comfortably bet against him and, and possibly win some money. Uh, I failed to mention earlier, you know, Zach wanted to be with us, not with us. Obviously he, he, he does really, really like DJ this week. He said, and he does like Morikawa. Of course he does. Um, so that, that those were his two favorite plays. He wanted me to pass along. Uh, 35 to 50 is a big range of really good players. Sam Burns, uh, Brooks Kepka, Hatton and Hideki at 35. Also Tommy Fleetwood now at 35. Oost Hazen at 40. Tiger at 40, which is uh, just dumb. Uh, Justin Rose at 50. Tony Finau, Joaquin Neiman, Sanjay, Bryson at 50. Uh, man, in, a, in, a, in a, a certain world where it's 2020, Bryson, God, this course would just be, a, uh, I mean, an amazing fit for what he can do with the driver. Yeah, I don't think he typically would fit an uh, open championship road, of course. He seems to me like he's fit for PGA Tour Americanized golf. But St. Andrews is different because he could just hit the shit out of his driver, find it, and, you know, you know chip it onto the green and, and, and end up making birdie, you know. So I would normally love him on this. Now, with that being said, his hand is healing – and getting better and better and better. Um, I, I, I don't think he's going to bomb out this I week. I don't think he's going to win, but I, I don't, I don't hate finding a way for him to finish. I mean, you go top thirty or top forty and get plus odds on him. I mean, there's a there's a decent chance he'll he'll make the cut. There's also, I mean, you know, he he could also have an off week, but you know, I think uh, <laughs> as that hand. And that hand heals up a little bit, and if he just, you know, he, he could he could get a little crooked and be fine, don't you think? I mean, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah, and and there's also the the other side where things go really sideways for Bryson. He he gets some you know weird lies. He hits it in the bush. He's in fescue. He gets pissy. He has some rulings. You know, we've seen it before, and and it seems like when things go that way, it, his score can. It could get really high. I don't know. I mean, the number is really interesting on the talent for sure. Um, I'll ha I'd have to think about it. I, I like your your point about a top thirty or top forty. I don't. I don't. They don't have those odds out yet. But you got to think top thirty would be around even odds, or in maybe a top forty would. So maybe that's the way to go and just play it safe. 
Um, the, the 35 to 50 range that I mentioned with those names, is there someone that you think will, will make a run at this? I, I can't believe I'm about to say it, but maybe it's because I'm, I'm in this Uper territory. So maybe my brain's not fully functioning here, you know, and everything like that, but Tommy Fleetwood, mm-hmm. he's playing, playing good golf. And man, I wish I would have thought about this, you know, maybe a few weeks ago. Cause I, I bet you he was closer to 60 to one, yeah. but 35. I mean, I, you probably can shop around and find him maybe even a little bit better than that, but he played really good today. And I know that you benefited from that because you played him in a top 10 bet, which was a, which was a nice savvy bet there. But I, there, there's, you know, there's, there's something there. And he, you know, when he's hitting his irons, well, he's again, he's one of those top 10 in the world iron players. And, and, you know, I, I think uh, 35 to one still pretty fair. I, I hope you could get him closer to 40, but I wouldn't mind a little sprinkle on that. And then look at him in the top 20, you know, look at him to, to, to make the cut, make a little bit of a run. I mean, he, he played good today. Maybe he takes that into, you know, in, into this week here. You look at what JT Poston did a couple of weeks ago, shot, shot the lights out um, a couple events ago, and then ends up winning the John Deere. It just continues that play. I'm not, maybe I am comparing JT Poston <laughs> to Tommy Fleetwood, but no, I mean, but seriously, I mean, you know, there, there's signs of life. And I know you've been, You've been on him. That he's the one guy, though, that's in that group that really sticks out at me. Um, I got to think that you got to like Fleetwood, don't you? I do. I do. Thirty-five is pretty low. It's pretty low, though. I would prefer around fifty. Um, yeah. He did. He did. He backdoored the top five at the PGA. He did miss the cut at the U.S. Open. I, I thought he'd play better there. He did. He did come through this week even though it was sort of the last 36 holes of the Scottish to finish fourth. But yeah, everything you said is, is on point. He's played well at this tournament in the past. He finished second to Lowry at Port Rush. Um, so he's, and we, we know he knows how to play Lynx golf. Usually the question with him is, is can he make his eight footers? Can he make his 10 footers? Usually no. Um, I see his his putting this the last fifty rounds is is in the positive, so that's good. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't have the biggest problem with it. I I might I might have to look at trying to boost his odds in some fashion to get it closer to fifty. Um, but what about Sam Burns at thirty five? Not not for I, you. I think he could. You know, I just I just don't know. I mean, he he fits my either win or three top tens in their last six, he is in that bucket there. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, I, I really think that that's got value here, that stat. So yeah, he's in it, but I don't, I don't think I'm going to bet him. I just, I, I don't know how he's going to play this type of golf. And that's, that's what scares me about the open championship is, is it's different. It's a different time zone. It's a different, you know, it's different food. It's different uh, golf courses. It's just it's just completely different. Some some guys like it, some guys don't. Um, and I don't know how he's gonna, you know, he's gonna go. Did he play in the Scottish Open? Uh, he did. He made the cut. I think he finished like 60th. So he made the cut. I mean, yeah. you know, I just, you know, he he's he fits he fits the profile of a good you know of a major champion. So yeah, at some point he's gonna. Yeah, but I just I don't think it's yet his week, and I'd like to see him 
play more in Europe to see what type of game or how his game translates, which you'd think it's good, but you know, you just, until it happens, you got to see. Yeah. Good point. His, his game kind of feels more along the the U S open PGA route to me. I mean, right. Like these guys that, that are bombing it, they can play out of the rough. He can make putts kind of like a Brooks Kepka light maybe is what we're talking about with Burns. I don't know. Uh, but we got we got to see it in the major first, I guess, before we bet it. Um, anyone else in that range? I mentioned Moose Hazen earlier, way early in the show. He's at forty to one. Any interest for you there with his course history, or is that a pass? Not a win, but uh, um, you know, I no form and all that other stuff. You know, playing in the live events, but the the course history. I, I think I've got to figure out a way. I got to figure out a, a place I feel comfortable to, to bet him. I don't think I'd go into the top 10, but, you know, generally when he plays well, he's going to finish somewhere around top 10. So makes me think just, just talking that through something like a top, a top 20 bet, which you can get some pretty good, uh, pretty good odds there. And, and it's something though, that he could easily make the top. If he, if he makes the cut, there's a good chance he finishes in the top 20, but him making the cut is, you know, I think is going to be the question in and of itself. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, you're not going to like who I kind of like. Uh, Finau at 50. Been playing, really, been playing really well uh, the last few events. And uh, he's got a sneaky good uh, record on uh, uh, Link's courses. I mean, actually, the la- he's finished in the top 24 of the last five opens. Um, he was right there at the RBC Canadian when Rory won. Thirteenth um, at Travelers, kind of under the radar. So he's playing good golf. Um, I don't mind Tony. He hits it long enough. Fifty to one's that's an appropriate number for him. I think it's appropriate. Eh? Okay. Yeah, and just just kind of keep an eye on him. I think. Uh, anyone else in that range, or should we move on? I can't remember any other names, so I think we'll, we'll move on. That that's the way to keep this thing moving because you yeah you can only remember so much. Uh, Max Homa is at the top of the next range, sixty to one. Uh, Paul Casey, new live golfer at sixty five. Seamus Power, Rob McIntyre, Mark Leishman, Adam Scott at sixty five. A uh, bunch of guys at eighty: Sergio, Horschel, Fox, Answer, Reed, Woodland, Cam Young, Mito, Corey Connors. Anyone for you from sixty to eighty? Just like we say it every time I think I'm on this podcast that he plays, I like Max Homa this week. Um, I don't, the, the winning thing is going to be, I, I'll probably bet him small on a win bet, but uh, uh, he played good, really good today at the, at the Scottish Open. I think he embraces this type of golf. I think this is something that's, uh, uh, I think he's going to be a pretty good uh uh, pretty good open championship player uh, going forward here because I think uh, him being such a such a good ball striker that this this type of golf is going to fit him and and I think he's got that attitude that uh, that embraces the the tough weather conditions and and uh, you know and and the golf courses and I, I think that um, you know I, I think you know playing in these these types of of courses is going to be big for him so he's going to be my main guy there. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Cam Young, I think uh, you, you mentioned Cam Young. He's in that in the yeah, 80, range, right? yeah. Cam Young, I, I think he's going to be a major player 
uh, you know, going forward. He played good when the weather got cold in Southern Hills. Um, so we'll probably see some similar conditions and he hits it a, he hits it a mile. So, you know, I, I, I fully expect him to make the cut and, uh, you know, we'll see what he can end up doing. So those are the two that I, I, I really, really liked, uh, when I looked at that, that, uh, that section there. I'm with you on Max. Uh, just the eye test today with Max. He was in a lot of a lot of shots that were impressive as far as him flighting the ball appropriately for this type of golf. He just seems like he's really embraced the style of play, um, and he's just so he's just so damn likable. And he just you just root for him, and it would be so much fun if he won. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm with you on Max. Uh, I like I Woodland was really, really good for 36 holes in this 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 last weekend. He fell off a little bit, but if you think about the type of shots that Woodland plays off the tee, those those low stingers, um, it feels like he has the shots to play Leaks Golf and, and play St. Andrews pretty well. Uh, usually the question with him is short game, so no different this week, but I think there's at least some interest there at 80. I don't really have anyone else there in that group. There's a lot of live guys in this group that I just don't know. Like like Reed, Reed could be interesting at 80 to 1 if it plays tough, if it's windy. Like I would trust him in a short game, but I don't I don't trust him in a birdie fest to keep up with these guys that are bombing it, you know, 30, 40 yards past him. Um so yeah, I think I think that's probably it. I, I I echo Cam Young. He he struggled a lot this week. He missed the cut and he missed it by a mile. But you know that's that's just thirty six holes of golf. You know it's it, it, we can strike that off. Um, I know you don't have the numbers in front of you. Um, there's you know the hundred to one guys. The only guy that I, I saw that was mildly interesting to me um, was. Oh, who was it? Let's have good. Actually, I don't think I had anyone over 101. The more I, the more I think about it, was there anyone that that you maybe when you looked at the odds earlier that you saw down the list here that was going to be worth a top 10, 20, something like that? Yeah, actually, I got I got two names. Okay. Um, first guy is a DP World Tour player, never plays in America. Is Pablo Larrazabal. Um, he is a pretty good player on that circuit there. And so he's used to all sorts of those types of conditions plays like what's seemingly every single week over there, uh, on the DP world tour. Um, he won back in, I think it was January. It's been a while since he won an event, but, uh, but has, uh, plays constantly over in Europe. And, um, we always seem to get a couple of DP world tour guys, or Asian tour guys that uh, end up, you know, playing pretty well and not going to win, but, uh, but, you know, pretty good there. He's off at uh, plus, uh, plus 20, what, plus 20,000, 200,000, mm-hmm. 201, yep. so 201 there. And then the other guy who I like a little bit more than that is how Tong Lee, the, the Chinese golfer. Um, mm-hmm. He won the uh, BMW international on the DP world tour. The event before that was the, uh, the Porsche European invitational finished top 20 there. And then he played really good today in the Scottish open, I believe. Um, I don't know what he shot, but I, it was something in the sixties though. And I think he, he, he moved up the board quite a bit, I think. 
So he was a former President's Cup player when it was at Melbourne in Australia. Um, usually, typically a great ball striker. Um, always struggles a little bit with the putter, but but Tita Green, he's always been a good player there. And he kind of, he, I think he just, he fell off the face of the universe uh, after that President's Cup and, um, you know, has not played good golf and is starting to resurface. And he's a guy who can win on the DP World Tour. So at uh, 150 to one, probably not going to win the event, but again, you could, you could get fantastic odds uh, on anything that makes the cut. So t- top 10, top 20, top 30, I'll throw something on them. I'll probably uh, be in a, being more conservative, probably something in the top 30 to the top 40, but I'm sure you could get him pretty great at uh, at a top 20 or even a top 10 bet. And I think the form is there. Uh, you're going to laugh at the name I'm going to throw out. Uh, also at 200 to 1, uh, Dean Burmeister. Um, finished, <laughs> he finished 10th at the Scottish Open, and he, he, hits it, he hits it a mile. He hits it plenty long enough. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I have to imagine the top 30 or 40 is plus 400, 500, somewhere in that range. So uh, I'll be looking at, at putting Dean Burmeister on a couple of my cards for a little week. DP World Tour guy. Yep, yeah. just love saying that. Um, I like that Sahith got in, into this tournament um, with uh, Daniel Berger withdrawing. He's at 150 to 1. It's not going to win, but... Uh, fun to root for, and you know maybe we're talking somewhere in the top forty. Uh, I'll be looking at that as well. Um, Johnny, we traditionally we forgot to do it last time at the last major, the U.S. Open, but our our pick not to win. Um, famously, I have done this. Um, I, I have my pick not to win has won two of the last three times. Uh, Colin Morikawa at the <laughs> Open last year, and uh, Justin Thomas at the PGA. Um, so it. If you hear this, you should probably just go take the guy I say is not going to win. Um, I will pass on Zach's pick to not win, and his pick to not win is Justin Thomas. Johnny, who is, is Justin Thomas? Who is your pick not to win of the I don't know top any of those guys that are under thirty to one? I mean, okay, normally John Rahm, but I, we already talked him down, so we'll we'll pick somebody different here. Um, Scotty Scheffler is the other guy. Um, I, I think, uh, his putting has been a little more suspect. I know he's still playing some decent golf, but, uh, we're going to go John Rahm and Scotty Sheffield. I'll give you two, two wow. for the price. Of one. Wow. Okay. I like, I like both. I actually was thinking of Rahm as well. Since you took him, I will also, uh, I mean, this is a, just a mortal lock. Colin Morikawa will not win the he will not win back to back years. Yeah, you can, you can feel comfortable about that one. You're not going to reverse jinx. I think Colin this week. Yeah, I wasn't gonna do something silly and say like Speed or Fitzpatrick or, or even Xander. Was, like I'm not. I, I was hoping you were gonna go Xander. Uh, I was hoping you were going Xander. No. Uh, so there's there's the, the the three picks to not win. Um, who's your gut? Who's who's gonna win? Who's going to host the Claret hoist the Claret Jug in 2022? It'll be Rory McIlroy no. about 18 under par. Do it. Uh, yeah, let's sweep it. I, I'm gonna go Rory as well. Uh, I, I, th- I think I think I think he I think it, it just again the world is 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 lining up for this to happen. Everything is pointing this direction, and uh, 
I think he gets it done. I think I think he wins his fifth major this week. So let's 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 go, Rory. Let's okay. do it. Um, yeah, that's a wrap on the Open. Last major of the year. Uh, man, major season goes by quick. It's a three month just sprint, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll be here to break it down next week and and talk about who's who's uh who's got the fourth major who was the, the, the clear jug and uh, already looking forward to the, the major season in 2023. Johnny, uh, thanks for joining from the UP and uh, really showing just strong commitment to the show. Appreciate you, you having me on and I cannot wait to be up at three 30 on Thursday morning, tuning in to Peacock and uh, complaining about the commercials. Yeah, that's, that's going to be the, uh, that's going to be the absolute, like given is that we're going to be bitching about it early in the morning Thursday. So look forward to that. And uh, we'll have picks up this time by, eh, we'll say Tuesday or Wednesday for sure. Um, we've missed some picks the last couple of weeks, but uh, it's been busy lately. So we'll get back on the horse this week and uh, see if we can uh, hit an outright winner. It's been a while. Uh, so thanks for listening to the show. This will not be on YouTube because the video quality, I look like I'm in the dark and, uh, uh, Johnny's video froze. So we're just going to be posting the podcast on this one. So lots to look forward to on, uh, as the show goes along the, this next month, we're going to do a lot of stuff on the uh, city championship coming up uh, in early August. So we got a lot of content that we're going to be cranking out about that. So it should be fun. Uh, so hope everyone enjoys the open. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Go, 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 go.